Hello, hello, my NPC buddies out there. We here at Silver Tongue Audio and the NPC podcast and the NPC adventure, uh, as well as our two other podcasts, Midnight in the Bay and Dazed and Disturbed. Um, well, we've been in the same situation that everybody else is in right now. We are uh, under quarantine, um, though those restrictions are lifting. And we have been seeing what's been going on throughout the country and throughout the world um, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And, uh, well, at least at the NPC podcast, we feel that um, we needed to step away from putting out any content for a little while and sort of focus on ourselves, um, making sure that we are all safe um, when it comes to uh, COVID-19. Um making sure that our loved ones are being tended to when necessary. Um, and to that end, uh, we took a little break. Um, didn't know when we were going to come back. Didn't even know we were going to be gone for so long. Um, but you know, I run these podcasts and edit these podcasts and I wanted first and foremost that people who helped me with these podcasts, uh, Katie and Dan and Kent and Leonard, that they were safe and that they felt, uh, comfortable coming into the studio. And, um, that particular, uh, fact has not been true yet. Um, which is completely fine in my eyes. Uh, I want my guys to be safe. I want my guys to be healthy. And if that means that I have to put um, a kibosh, a little uh, moratorium on doing this show. Um, that's fine. That's fine to me. Um, because their safety, their health, uh, the health and safety of their friends and family uh, are first and foremost and, and the most important thing. So that being said, um, we were going to be ramping up. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the shows again, both adventures and the NPC podcast. Um, and then the murder of George Floyd happened and a more important conversation, um, started emerging, um, around the world and around the country, uh, and in, in the silver tongue family. So, I made sure that Dazed and Disturbed and Midnight in the Bay kept going um, because uh, not only did um, we already have uh, episodes in the bank for uh, Dazed and Disturbed and those guys needed to get their content out, um, but with Midnight in the Bay, uh, I felt that um, you know we also need entertainment. We also need to be able to laugh. Uh, at least a little bit in these times. Um, and so he, Alex definitely, um, stepped up and made sure that his content was, uh, appropriate and, uh, fun for his listeners. Um, and I fully supported what he was doing. Um, in while editing his podcasts, I noticed that, um, he was, uh, just as funny, um, as, as he was, uh, before all of this had started. Uh, and I appreciate him for that. So with a bigger conversation starting around the world, um, as I said, we felt like, 
a silly video game podcast or a silly uh, tabletop RPG podcast, um, it wasn't in the national narrative. We, we, we didn't need to, to do that. So we were going to give some time um, for more important voices to, uh, to speak out. Um, one of the uh, mantras that uh, Silver Tongue Audio has been sort of um, saying, uh, at least on so- social media, is uh, to be safe and be loud. Um, and we felt that that was sort of encompassing both um, the COVID-19 and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and we still believe that, please. Um, the protests are still going on and we need more of it. Uh, people need to be louder. People need to be videotaping um, themselves and law enforcement uh, as much as possible. And uh, with health concerns as they are, uh, some of us here can't get out to those protests, even though we want to. Um, but I know Katie was able to get out to a protest and, uh, you know, fully supported that. And, and she's, she's stronger and, and more brave than at least I could be at this moment. But, um, you know, as, as, as things around the country, um, are sort of opening back up because of, uh, decisions that, <laughs> Uh, you know, you can argue are probably not the best decisions in the world, but um, lives are getting put back together uh, in regards to COVID-19. And uh, it's it's a good thing in some it's a double edged sword, of course. Um, like, yeah, I, uh, I miss working. I miss going out in public. But at the same time, there's still a pandemic on and it's it's still going to be a problem. Um So there's that. Uh, As for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, we can support and donate uh, as much as we want to. uh, But because of the incredibly slow moving political system that we have in this country, um, you know, things things won't change overnight, uh, even though that they should. So we're still trying to figure all that out, but um, we want to get back to the show. Uh, we want to get back to talking about fun, entertaining things, uh, making people laugh and making people think with the NPC podcast and then sharing our story um, at the NPC adventure um, with with all those chuckle fucks. So now we are in sort of a crossroads um, of sorts and uh, as as the main editor and host of the two podcasts. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I hold the title of, of the creative officer at silver tongue audio. Um, we, we want to get back to, to work in a lot of ways. Uh, and that might not mean to bring everybody back in studio, but what that does mean is that we will finally be getting content, um, back uh, which is good, I think. Uh, however, this episode that you're about to listen to is not a typical uh, NPC uh, podcast episode. Uh, a couple of us and um, another podcast got together to sort of, uh, you know, dip the NPC's toes back into the podcasting water, as it were. And uh, yeah, no, we were 
we were pleased to do it and we would do it again and again. Um, it was a very fun experience. Uh, so we here at Silver Tongue Audio and the NPC podcast, we want you to know that we are in 100%, uh, 100% support of Black Lives Matter. Um, and we want people to be safe when it comes to COVID-19. Um, and those two things being known, we also want to work again, um, with, you know, PlayStation, um, showing off their PS5, uh, kind of, and Xbox showing off their series X kind of, um, we know that news articles and, and the industry news is going to be ramping up, um, if not very soon, uh, in the near future. So we're getting back to it. Um, however, enjoy this new episode of the MPC podcast. It is a part one interview um, with the podcast Super Dope, and I will leave it at that. Um, until next game. Hello, hello, and welcome the NPC podcast, a video game podcast with character. I am your host, NPC, but today we are not a video game podcast. No, instead, we're turning to the dark side. We're going manga. Manga? Manga. Mango? Manga. We're going manga. I'm going to throw this at you. <laughs> and we knew we couldn't do this by ourselves, but before I get to that, I'm going to introduce the NPCs that you know and love with me in studio today is an NPC with a power level over 923. It's Katie. How's it going, Katie? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm a 1050 now on oh, Destiny, okay. so I'm a big deal. That doesn't sound like power level. That sounds like light level. Well, it is called power level now, so. Oh, okay. I did wow. not know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, also joining me today on Zoom in a studio that's probably somewhere in the Adirondack Mountains is an NPC who learned the Kamehameha and spent three episodes casting it it's leonard how's it going leonard it took so long but those three <laughs> episodes were worth it damn it the fans are gonna love it i'm yeah. telling you just wait three episodes just to finish the kamehameha wave perfection it's it's great because you say one word every episode so it's, exactly it's great. yeah oh no i've said two i can't i've said too much i need to be quiet now <laughs> So when we decided to venture forth into this manga journey, we knew we couldn't do it alone. So we reached out to uh, probably the best Dragon Ball podcasts in existence. That's brave. I don't know about that. <laughs> I haven't introduced you yet. Give me a second. My bad. Has, uh, has really come in handy here because that's how we communicate with this. If you haven't heard... Of the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast, you are doing yourself a disservice, especially if you are a fan of Dragon Ball or even the Dragon Ball video games. But we are video game players here on the NPC podcasts, so we don't read. So we had to call in someone who does read and can read, and that's Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? It's going really well, except if any of my listeners from my show end up checking this out, they're probably laughing right off the bat because I routinely say on my show, 
I don't know, I don't know how to read as a general excuse to get out of basically anything. So the fact that you just led with, he's the guy who knows how to read is, is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> you forgot you one other mine. thing. And that, that's more reading than I do in a week. So that, that works. Lennon. You did forget one thing. Um, they're also the hate Vic Mignogna or Vic Mignogna. Who gives a shit? Menene, Menene yeah. stands. So, yeah. Is that how we all kind of met in the first place was the Vic Mignogna so. malarkey? That's, okay. That so, sounds about right. fucking piece of shit. Katie, hey, Kakarot's nice cock. Yeah. yeah. Me and Katie started chit-chatting because of that stuff last year. Um, I, I just did a podcast last night with my buddy Ant Grimulia from uh, CBR.com. And the way that we refer to it when we make the joke of how he and I met was we met in the Weeb Wars of 2019. And uh, I think I can add you guys to that list of uh, people I made allies with in the Weeb Wars of 2019. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Yeah. I even took that Weeb War into Destiny after coming across some people in my uh, Destiny clan that were like, well, I don't think Vic did anything wrong. And I was like, I will fucking boot you out of this damn clan <laughs> so fast. Damn. Shocking abuse. Katie would come to me just yelling at the top of her lungs <laughs> about the new thing that came out in the Vic case. And like, I, you know, I, I do care about uh, uh, especially voice acting. And, and that's the world of voice acting. If you guys don't know, look it up. It's a sad story, um, but and an angering story. But uh, th- this was, oh, man, just venom spewing from her mouth. <laughs> and like, I, I, <laughs> I loved hearing about it because it was it was so true to what was going on at the time in the Me Too movement and all that stuff. And so like it it. It was powerful. It was it was powerful. And I'm glad you guys reached out to each other and met because then we could do this podcast. Um, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of what this podcast episode is going to be, Kyle, I always ask people about what their video game introduction was. But in this specific special episode of the NPC podcast, maybe I should ask you, what was your introduction to Dragon Ball? Ooh, all right, cool. I like the uh, unique take just for me. I'm all about things that are just for me. So um, (laughs) I started watching Dragon Ball. I kind of remember the day vaguely. I woke up really early one day. I was probably about six or seven years old. Uh, It was like between the hours of 5.30 and 7 in the morning. Turned on like a local um, UPN affiliate station, whatever it was. And there was one of the first uh, original... I believe ocean dub um, of the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball. It was toward the end of the arc. It was the episode where the dragon's already there and Oolong jumps out of nowhere and wishes for a pair of underwear. And then the episode ends. And uh, yeah, that made quite an impact because I never had any point of reference for what was going on. I just saw this giant monkey burst through a castle, a big old dragon, a pig then wished for a pair of underwear. And for like the next two years, probably, I just tried to wake up early all the time to see if I could catch that television show again. And, uh, you know, within the next couple of years, it started to make its way over to Tsunami in the form of Dragon Ball Z. They kind of just cut out the rest of Dragon Ball after those first 13 episodes aired. And I was like, hey, this seems vaguely familiar to me. And then I put it together that those two properties were related. And I've been obsessed ever since. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. That's that's good. 
<laughs> so the panties uh, of a hot babe. <laughs> it's a it's a commitment, man, being a Dragon Ball fan, um, yeah. because there's just so much to know, and uh, it's almost it's probably how I, I I think because I'm not a One Piece fan. Not to say I don't this, I don't not like One Piece, but there's such a a barrier of entry for something like One Piece with 900 episodes, right? I feel like people feel the same way with Dragon Ball, and that's totally understandable. But when I was five or six, I mean, I obviously had a lot of up and downtime. So uh, seeking out these cartoons from Japan was like a thrill. It was fun. It was genuinely fun. A few years later, I eventually had um, access to bootleg VHS tapes um, that were purchased in New York City by one of my dad's best friends. He'd bring them back here to New England. And uh, I was watching Boo Saga and Dragon Ball Z stuff before the Cell Saga even wrapped up here in the States. And I'd go to school and be like, ah, you guys wouldn't believe all this crazy stuff that happens in Dragon Ball. And people would think I was making it up or whatever. But uh, it was a weird time to be a Dragon Ball fan. And um, I like to think that because it was such a weird time, that's kind of what's helped me carry my fandom well into adulthood. Right, right. Um, sort of, you telling me that story sort of dates yourself. In, in, in the best way possible. Like, I, I will say that. It's in, it's in the best you way old. possible. Because I, I am also old. Um, was it difficult, uh, especially living where you do, uh, to find other fans, to find that community? Um, or, or was it really easy to be like, hey, check this show out. And you had like five or six dudes already down, ready to go for the next episode. Yeah, I was I was that gateway um, guy for, for a lot of my friends. And um, I did have a couple of friends who genuinely, um, I don't know, kind of clicked with it or whatever. And like, we were really, me, my buddy Jeff and my buddy Danny all through elementary school, we were like a really hardcore Dragon Ball. And, you know, as it became more popular on Tsunami, more and more kids, you know, at least on the peripheral, were interested in it at least. And it became less weird to them. Um, But once I got to like... Middle school, high school, I started to play music. And I was like, well, I better put that anime shit to bed because I'm never going to get to talk to a lady. So, um, but you'd still meet people throughout your life where, if for whatever reason, Dragon Ball did come up, it was an immediate bonding point. Yeah. So, case in point, the, the whole reason Dragon Ball Super Dope even started for us as a podcast, it's me. it came out of a conversation between me and my friend Brandon. Um, Brandon is this guy that I met uh, through my buddy Chris. I worked with Chris. He just he was a drummer who um, worked at the same mortgage company as me. His desk got moved one day, and it just so happened to be moved next to mine. We end up jamming. He brings in his bass player buddy Brandon. We jam, have a great time. We go to the bar for a beer afterward, and he said an offhand comment about Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super. He just picked up. Uh, on TV in the last year or so. And yeah. like, holy shit, wait a minute. You, you know what you're talking about with Dragon Ball. Are you watching it? And he's been one of my best fucking friends ever since awesome. that conversation on that bar. Right. Right. Kids, and uh, a couple years later, we started a whole podcast about it. Cause we were talking about the episodes week to week anyway, via text. So, um, it just became, as I became interested in wanting to learn about podcasting, I figured we're having these conversations anyway. Let's just turn on some microphones and see if I can figure out how to edit some things. Yeah. And I, I sort of have. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's audio. 
We're not doing video, it's audio. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be surprised, man. I struggle with audio too. <laughs> uh, all right, so that is amazing backstory that you got there. Um, Thank you. Let's, uh, let's flash forward montage into what we're doing here tonight. And what is it exactly that we're doing here tonight? So it's kind of a two-part episode here today. So we're doing this first half of the episode with the NPC pod on your feed, and then we'll be doing part two on the Super Dope feed. Um, if you listen to Super Dope and you're checking this out uh, on the other feed, thank you. Uh, second of all, you will know that all of my idiot friends don't know how to read. <laughs> so they don't read the manga chapters month to month. And it's disheartening because I say, hey, guys, should you read that new manga chapter? And they're like, oh, no. And then I ask them again like a week later and they say, oh, no, again. So I just I've stopped asking them. Okay. Um, okay. However... You guys have all at least bothered to keep up with the plot and what's going on. And uh, I haven't had a big opportunity to like talk about the moral arc in general. Um, And I think this will be a good kind of starting point for us to start the conversation before we move over to Super Dope and talk about the most recent two chapters where, I don't know, Vegeta's looking like he might make some moves. So Vegeta's a player, man. Finally. Finally. (laughs) Finally. Um, yeah, if you guys had to like fall into one of two camps, uh, Goku or Vegeta camp, which would you uh, put yourselves in? Oh, Vegeta camp all day. I have when when uh, just to get a little off topic, but when the Broly movie, the Super Broly movie came out, the good one and. The good one, yes. Um, where uh, Vegeta, I won't, well, actually, technically, it's been out for long enough. So, for any of you who didn't watch it, screw you. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when you uh, see Vegeta go, God, I had the hardest dick in the place. <laughs> like, I was just swinging no it. Way. Like, no yeah. way. My dick was harder. That was that was awesome. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, my penis was also erect. <laughs> and the biggest of the bunch. Yep. <laughs> I also remember that moment. Because my oh, penis no was dick erect. Coming. Come on, man. <laughs> He's a Goku well, fanboy. Um, we, we know what Katie's going to say, so I'm just going to interrupt her real quick and say that I, I love Goku and Vegeta. Uh, it's, it's sort of a corny answer to your question, but um, it's, it's, it's the interplay between the two that I love so much. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Normally I would say cop out, but that's like the best of cop outs. That was well done. Yes. Well, I, I try. Uh, so yeah, it, it, Goku's great. Uh, Cause he's a lovable idiot and uh, Vegeta's fantastic because he's just a, Big dick energy asshole. Um, but th- the way that their complementary uh, motifs crash into each other consistently throughout all of Dragon Ball Z um, and into Super uh, is, is, is why I like them as a pair. And the show wouldn't be the same if they killed off Vegeta when he, you know, died on Namek. So, yeah. Very, that's a that's a great take, man. Um, I was gonna try to do um like a down the middle answer as well, but not quite that poignant because because they're obviously foil characters, and I think they're yeah. one of the best examples of foil characters that you can cite in modern manga uh, or modern anime. But I was go, gonna go down the route of 
Trunks. I think Trunks is my favorite character in all of Dragon Ball Z. And I think he's at the crux of Dragon Ball Z, the series specifically, um, to kind of tie things together cohesively after yeah. the Frieza saga. Like, no, I mean, can't he, have- he is the catalyst for Cell. Like, all of Cell is him. Like, that's, it's fantastic. And I think that would probably have to be my my pick because, like you said, you can't have one without the other in terms of Goku or Vegeta. But yeah. um, I I do like gut reaction want to say Vegeta because you know I think uh, you think I think you said it best big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> See, you said that you knew what I was going to say, so I want to know what you think I was going to say. Vegeta, you're looking at my yeah. T-shirt and you're not actually thinking about what I would really say, though. Well, I, well I've known you for quite a long time. I think I, I, I yeah, yeah. You think it's Vegeta? I think it would be a Vegeta. Yeah. Because you're not? wrong. Oh, okay, please. <laughs> I'm more of a Goku person. Okay, okay. What's up? Why? Why? Because he's so goddamn good. <laughs> like, you just that, want to, like, the, the thing that I like about Goku is that he if he doesn't straight up defeat an enemy, he just makes them give up. Like he kind of positive energies them out of being evil. <laughs> He's just like, oh, you're going to destroy the world? Cool. Um, that's neat and all, but we could just fight instead. And that would be way better, I think. <laughs> and they're like reluctantly going along with it. Just like, what the fuck is this dude's problem? And then before you know it, they're babysitting his grandchild. So. To be fair, Goku is objectively the best. <laughs> At, at fighting, so like he, he's just the be- the better fighter, the better person. He's just not so a great dad. Good. But well, no, I, I will die on that hill too. He's doing his best with what he's got, and it's not a lot. Yeah, okay. in, the, yeah in terms of many definitely things. not a lot. <laughs> like. Like, I know the joke is, is that, oh, Goku's such an absent dad. He was fucking dead. <laughs> so much of that. What do you want him to do? <laughs> if Take he's his ne- heart medication. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> um, it's okay, great yeah, flavor. That's, that's good. That's good. So um, let's, let's, let's bring this manga to the point uh, of Vegeta taking center stage um, and, and kick us off, Kyle. So the moral arc, in terms of the fandom, I mean, we're a very difficult fandom to please. Uh, Preaching to the choir. Yeah, I realize that that's super understated and we could probably have, you know, a three part podcast just about how crazy bad this fandom can be sometimes. But as a whole, everyone seemed to be on the same page with the moral arc when it started. Now, if you don't know when this takes place. It's a legitimate question. Um, the way that this takes place in terms of the, or where this takes place in terms of the Dragon Ball canon, it's slotted just after the Broly movie. A lot of people would think that it happens just following the Tournament of Power and Broly is something else. No, Broly factors into the timeline. So we know that it's after Broly. And the biggest thing that I think people like about this moral arc is that the character Moro isn't like something recycled from previous Dragon Ball. Um, he's a completely original character, he's not a rehash or anything. And I think one thing that they've made the conscious effort to do in this arc, 
one thing they've tried to do has been to kind of reset the power scaling, similar to how they did it with Dragon Ball Super and Battle of Gods when the series restarted and introducing like the God tier and the Angel tier. They haven't done it in like another um, like tier of royalty or whatever. Um, they've introduced, excuse me, they've introduced the concept of magic. Uh, which is something that we used to see in you know the original Dragon Ball series quite a bit, but once we got to the ridiculous sci-fi you know power level stuff of the Frieza saga, Cell saga, and onward, we didn't see much of it. Touches of it in the Majin Buu saga for sure, but magic as this I don't know kind of like differentiator between Goku Vegeta's ability versus this villain's ability has been something that's at least piqued fans interesting and kept us um, invested in seeing what's going to happen next. It's, it's new. Because, it's the yeah, new because they're genuinely going to have to figure something out outside of, oh, you got stronger. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so how fight. do you guys think? The next. Undeserved yes. power boost number 85. <laughs> <laughs> so much of it revolves around like the, t- and especially in this arc, because I don't know, I didn't realize how long this arc um has been we're already going on like 19 volumes or something or 19 chapters oh yeah uh, it's <laughs> is it 19 or did i mean nine i think I it's i think it's no, my, it might be close to 20 yeah i think it's 19 um so the thing that sort of screwed me up about this arc has been while it's had you know some interesting new elements they've also borrowed heavily from things from past dragon ball which I think is another thing that keeps fans invested and interested. And they've done it in an interesting way of bringing in Majin Buu's backstory and how he becomes the fat iteration of Majin Buu by absorbing the Grand Supreme Kaioshin Hmm. and having like another tie to like the pre-established lore. And I'd say a part of Dragon Ball that a lot of fans would like if they could invested, you know, more time in exploring bringing that back into the fold and making it um, a legitimate part of this story has been interesting. But the the primary pitch tomorrow is he's this big, powerful, God-level guy, not because he's just, you know, some other God that you haven't heard of yet or whatever, but it's because he's got the ability to consume the energy from planets and from living things in general. Um, but he basically makes his name by consuming the energy of planets um, does that sound like a familiar concept to any of you guys? Or Have you guys ever read Marvel comics? <laughs> <laughs> What's a Marvel? What's a Marvel? I don't know. It just came to mind. Sorry, I only listen to DC. You. <laughs> yeah, we you. only listen to DC because we don't know how to read. <laughs> Damn right. Par for the so course for a DC guy- fan. <laughs> Hey, it happens to the best of us, man. Illiteracy can strike you when you least expect it. Um, uh, so, so yeah, we're alluding to Galactus, I assume? Very much the Galactus of this series. Right. So, you know, being that Galactus level threat, they have to get the, the godly tears involved in order to suppress him. I think it's like 10,000 years ago, the Grand Supreme Kai had to step up in order to seal away his magic. And then that made him weak enough for the Galactic Patrol to come put him in 
fucking space jail, basically. <laughs> so another element that ties in from previous Dragon Ball is the utilization or integration of the uh, Galactic Patrol. Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman from early Dragon Ball Super, is back. And uh, turns out, in terms of the Galactic Patrol ranks, he's a bit of a clown. <laughs> not not well respected. A little bit? Weird. Um, Gasp. I mean... When you compare him to a guy like Miris, yeah, he's a super clown. So oh, yeah. Miris is the you know the the best there is at what he does. Uh, what he does is put criminals in space jail. So the worst kind of jail. It's I mean, imagine <laughs> having to experience space jail. Let's just all take a minute and pause for reflection on space jail. I just, I just feel like I'm floating. That's all it is. In yeah. Space jail. <laughs> yeah, just floating, seeing all the planets of the world, and then contemplating what I did with my life. Yo, you got a window in, in your space jail cell? <laughs> I'm in space. It's just nothing but bars and no you air. <laughs> you, you get it. Yeah. I'm in space. <sighs> space I'm jail rules. Anyway, come on, um, it's portal. Um, We're a video game podcast. You right. should have. That. Yeah, I should have caught that. Jesus. Uh, Whatever. Um, sorry about the portal joke. <laughs> it's anyway. fine. It's whatever. It's okay. I didn't get either, and I've played Portal before. <sighs> I too have played Portal. It's a great game. Alright, Katie. Whatever. So the space jail. Anyway, <laughs> shit's going off at Space Jail. Moro was put there by the Grand Supreme Kai and the Galactic Patrol way back when. Miris, we know he's the best there is at what he does. He's got a really dumb haircut, like really dumb. Um, there's just all these different borrowed, not borrowed, but like elements that we've previously been introduced to in Dragon Ball that they've thrown into this arc. Those are the three main ones, I would say. Um, the Grand Supreme Kai revisiting that God tier level stuff, exploring a little bit more of the Galactic Patrol and what space cops and space jail looks like and then revisiting the magic stuff uh which i think is my three points but also there's been a heavy utilization of the more expanded cast so i know that this has been a really long way for me to say it but this has been a highly regarded arc in terms of like the first new original manga because we're in a weird spot in dragon ball history dragon ball super was weird because the cartoon came before the comic and that was really the first time outside of Dragon Ball GT that that's happened. Yeah. And now we're kind of correcting course here and having the comic be the predecessor to what we assume will be the anime at, at, at some point. Um, we can hope. Not sure when that's going to happen. You guys have any predictions on when the anime is going to come back? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're, with the world the way it is currently and why we're doing this over Zoom and not all in the studio. Um I, I have to assume that that has been taken into account, um, especially for these animators overseas. Uh, and when it comes to video games, when it comes to TV shows, when it comes to anime, uh, what I'm saying right now for all those creative people that have to work in uh, these kinds of conditions, take your goddamn time. Like, I, I want you yeah. to be safe because I want those animators to make whatever's next. I want those video game designers to make whatever's next and be healthy enough to do that. So... Take a goddamn time. I don't care. I've got Netflix, 
uh, and and <laughs> Funimation and you know Hulu. I'm I'm good for now. I'm gonna say yeah. 2022. Okay. <laughs> and they better be done by 2022, or I'm gonna riot. Ooh. Sounds like a Vegmanonia energy. <laughs> I will literally go over to your house and punch you in the throat. <laughs> He's in the- I was just thinking about <laughs> Moscow and Ozawa dies before the show comes back. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I don't want to think about that anymore. Right. I just got so Why sad. did you just say that? To hurt <laughs> because yourself? you said 2020. You guys said 2022. That feels like forever away. It's two <laughs> years. She's old. <laughs> But I watched the uh, dub anyway, so. All right. Doesn't mean you got to wish death on an old Japanese I didn't lady. Say that. <laughs> Holy shit. It was just all like, oh my, Syndrome. I'm not saying you did say that. I'm just saying you were very quick to disregard what I said because you're a dub watcher. All right. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. So. Hey, it's okay to be wrong, Katie. <laughs> It's okay for you to be wrong. So, <laughs> so uh, now that we've long, got, uh, is this is this manga going to be going for this this uh, arc? I should say. That's the. Good, that, I was thinking about that today. Like going through my my notes here, I feel like we have to be approaching near the end. Right. I had to guess, like if we're doing the three act structure here, I think we're opening the curtain on the third act. Third I act. think. Yeah, Um, possible finale. See, I think everybody wants to think we're about to see the finale, and that's the problem here is that we're not gonna, (laughs) if you know Dragon Ball, we're not gonna see the finale right now. They're giving you every reason in the world to think that this is about to happen and Vegeta's about to step up, but I I know, uh, I think it was chapter 58 or 59. I don't remember what page it was specifically, but I do remember specifically my reaction. I read the page and I fucking dropped my phone and I said, that's how they're going to do Vegeta like that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Is that when he dismissed using the same technique as Goku? No, 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 no. So to this point in the series or to this part in the the manga, if you're not caught up, the quick start, um, the quick version of this story would be Moro shows up. He wants to get the earth or he wants to get the Namekian dragon balls. He ends up releasing a bunch of prisoners from space jail. Pretty cool to see all of the dragon Ball Z fighters team up and take on a bunch of intergalactic weirdos. Uh, in the meantime, um, before that, actually um, they have this big battle on Namek uh, between Jita, Goku the Grand Supreme Kai shows up. He like reemerges out of Majin Buu's body, and then Space Cop uh, Extraordinaire Miris. The four of them try to quadruple Team Moro, and it doesn't go well. Um, we also lose all of the Namekians, like in the universe, basically in, in that fight as well. Shit. Really, not a good time. So they each go off to their own respective ways to go training. Goku and Vegeta. Goku goes to go train off with Miris in like a bootleg room of spirit and time. Um, not the room of spirit and time, but basically a room of spirit and time. The curtain yeah, curtain. One day in there, or one day <laughs> yeah. out here, three days in there. Exactly. Um, it's not quite the same math, but you, you're, you know that more time has actually passed. Um, yeah. And then Vegeta goes off to 
Planet Yardrap, of all places, where Goku learned the instantaneous movement technique um, in order to teleport to and fro. And uh, they just keep hinting that Vegeta's got this secret big ultimate technique up his sleeve or like a different way to try to fight Moro in this magic setting or fight against his magic techniques. And we never quite see what it is. We see it like just after he does it or just before he does it. And then it cuts away. So it's very frustrating. None of us know what this power is going to be yet, but love it when they do that. In the the last few chapters, they built it up where instead of Vegeta being the first to arrive, Goku is. And on paper, that sounds good because Vegeta's going to have to save Goku, right? Right when Goku shows up, and this is what kind of made me check out in the last couple of months from this manga a little bit, because, man, I really thought Vegeta was going to get it. The the second that, uh, excuse me, the second that Goku shows up, they do this little cutaway thing to Whis and Miris off training in the world of angels or whatever the fuck they call that. Mm. And they say, oh, he's only an ultra omen, uh, excuse me, he's only an ultra instinct omen or sign is what they're using for the yeah. translation. Why is that? Oh, he couldn't perfect it. So, yeah, let's hope he can perfect it. Otherwise, he doesn't stand a chance. And then they have the fight. And I'm like, dude, I already know what's going to happen. Goku's not going to win. Vegeta's going to show up, save Goku. Goku's going to recuperate a little bit. He's going to come back. Master Ultra Instinct, that's going to be the end of the goddamn arc. Why did you just do that? I was so upset. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) now that I just yelled about the um, pretty much all of this arc, I don't know how much you guys have kept up with it, but is there anything in this arc that you're either loving or hating one way or the other? Let's talk about extremes here. I'm all about extremes in case you can't tell. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of on board with you in that, like, I haven't been keeping up for two reasons. One, uh, money. Two, um, I I feel like I already know how this is going to go because we've done the song and dance with Dragon Ball so many times that it's like it's no longer interesting or fun for me. Like, I love Goku as someone who absolutely loves Goku. Um, it is so boring, so boring, knowing that he's going to win, that he's going to be the one to do it. And, like, anytime they build you up to think, like, oh, no, maybe it'll be Vegeta or maybe it'll be Gohan or maybe it'll be... No, some stupid-ass bullshit. Like, Gohan's going to drop the earring or, like, Vegeta is just going to be a, a little asshole off in the corner instead for no reason or or whatever. Something's going to happen. That it's, like, it's always going to be Goku. And that makes me so mad (laughs) because, like, I love Goku. I do. But I would love him more if he wasn't perfect at everything fighting. And I get it. That's part of his character. But, like, there's a reason that people can connect to Superman more. And it's because, like, there are arcs, especially if you watch Justice League, where, like, Batman occasionally gets to come in and save the day. Someone else gets to save the day now and again. It doesn't right. always have to be Superman because otherwise that would be boring. Right. And, and sort of jumping off of that point, um, I've, I've made the, the argument that the only reason Superman has ever been interesting is that he died. <laughs> and he's, he's most <laughs> interesting mean? when he's dead, when he's failing. Um, the I can't save them all ma line is probably one of the most powerful things Superman has ever said. 
And so when Goku uh, consistently wins, because let's, I I, I don't want to I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush here, but Goku is Superman um, in a lot of respects. Um, so when he continuously wins, when you know that at the end of any given arc he is going to win or die and or both and then come back, um, I understand why they're doing it. He is he's why t-shirts sell. He's he's why the manga sells. He's why the anime is is so good uh, and has been for so long. And I don't want to mess with that cohesion. But if he failed and let Vegeta, well, not let, but if the story let Gohan win, Trunks, uh, Vegeta, uh, Goten, Piccolo, Piccolo, for fuck's <laughs> once sake, once in a while, just just once. Um, <laughs> if <clears throat> I think it would be a more dynamic story, and it would it would it would start to become a more dynamic story. Uh, introducing all of these magical elements is a good way to uh, deliver a story, especially one that is increasing in power level, for lack of a better term. Um, <clears throat> but if the character dynamics remain the same, it's it's going to hurt it eventually. And that's maybe why the fan base is, is as toxic and as uh, divided as it constantly is. And that's my piece. <laughs> Leonard, you got anything? Oh, I got a lot. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, I want to say, um, when you came up to me, Kyle, and you said, hey, do you, ca- do you read the manga? I said, I hadn't, but I want to. And I found a website. So, in the past 24 hours... I had caught up from the beginning of Super. You've read 60 chapters in the last 24 hours. Yes, I did. Fuck out of here. Why (laughs) would you do that to yourself, dude? Because I I, I have an unhealthy condition. It's called I'm addicted to anime because of my brother. It's called caring too much. (laughs) (laughs) Trying too hard. You better believe it. Hyperfixation. Why didn't you send me this website, by the way? Um... You didn't ask. I did so. You Fuck did not. One. Whatever. Say <laughs> your piece. But, um, so, to give a little bit of background, though, after I caught up to everything, which I just did, um, I became upset. And now, Kyle may have had a different reason for being upset. I also had a very different reason for being upset. Um, and the main reason, and you're going to be, you're all going to be very shocked, but Kyle, I know you will understand where I'm coming from. Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Super Dragon Ball Hero. Yeah. <laughs> um, to basically, to basically explain, um, they have used Ultra Instinct like a cop out. Like it's so bad that I think I feel like as if I am a black man being choked out by a cop. Whoa. Okay. Very dark, but it is what it is. Um, this is America. And let me tell you. I was um, when they said, oh, yeah, he's going to be training to learn Ultra Instinct. Like, 
I I wasn't really happy or excited. I was more disappointed because the one thing I wanted to actually see and which why for Broly, I really love because it was a good step in the right direction was to see different techniques from Goku and Vegeta. And I was like, this is really good. This is something that I feel like the fan base needs more of. Now, of course, um, when I saw that, of course, they were training under a, uh, by the way, uh, Miris is an angel. I was really intrigued by it because I called it because he looked like Weiss. <laughs> and um, if you're going to have a bowl cut, that means you're significant to the story. Hashtag early go, Gohan. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that. But to be, to be fair, like, Miris's whole thing was he's like an angel in training who's hiding out in anonymity to serve as a galactic patrol cop or whatever. Yeah. And that's fine if you want to, like, give yourself a terrible haircut for the sake of a disguise. All right, word. I'm with you. But <laughs> once his spot is blown up and Weiss is like, oh, here you've been, my dumb little brother. I've been looking around for you. Oh, boy, what's up with that haircut? Let's fix your hair. I would have been on board with that. But nope, he opted to keep the dumb bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's so right. his mom can do it easily. I mean, exactly. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, it's a haircut. <laughs> It's a really dope one, though. <laughs> it really is. Okay. <laughs> Dang. But um, the one thing, uh, I, I don't think we're going to talk about predictions, but yet. Um, but basically where I'm seeing the story, I'm personally not liking because I was hoping that was going a little bit different. And like how you are, um, Kyle, I basically agree with they, they really messed up Vegeta this time. And getting the boys back together, the boys are back in town. Um, it was really good to see. And that's something I really did like because they actually went back and they're like, hey, remember these characters? They're not just useless. Hey, look, Gohan's actually going to fight this time. Exactly. He just came back from a seminar. And guess what? It was all on Zoom. <laughs> he was just lazy the whole time. Coward. Nah, I'm, I'm kidding. I really love Gohan. But um, I definitely liked, um, I definitely really loved to see what Piccolo and Gohan were doing and to see that uh, father and son connection, because that's what it really is, <laughs> uh, is a beautiful thing. Because no matter what, Piccolo is the best dad in the whole franchise, besides our number one man himself, Vegeta. Oh <laughs> the um the fight that they have because you know as i mentioned briefly moro eventually busts out all the space criminals at a space jail and he busts out a really bad one that takes the form of like a mini boss or whatever you want to consider him for this arc um i forget his full thing but it they basically just call him seven three for short and seven three's whole thing is that he can hold like three different powers of people that he's taken or absorbed powers from. So at a certain point, there's this wicked cool scene, really cool fight where it's Piccolo and Gohan teaming up to fight this guy. And he's essentially using their own powers against Piccolo and Gohan. And you'd think they would be dead right out the shoot, but 
because Piccolo and Gohan, like you said, it's a, like a real testament to the father and son relationship because they know each other's abilities and fighting styles so well. They basically just out teamwork the guy in the most badass of ways. It's really cool to see them utilize the expanded uh, cast a little bit more for this, for sure. It's, it's finally, it's just not the Goku and Vegeta show. Um, the Tournament of Power kind of gave us that, but like in a very contrived sort of way. Uh, this one feels a little bit more organic to get Tien, Yamcha, even Chaozu back involved in things. Oh. Yeah. Really fun yeah. arc for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it was like by far the most beautiful thing. And also, uh, mentioned, I was, when I first started Dragon Ball itself, I actually started with Dragon Ball Z, but then went back to Dragon Ball. And to see all of that come together, like from where it started to where it is now, it it was beautiful and touching. I thought it was one of the best parts of the manga that went right. Um, of course, there are some things as my as my terrible dad jokes step in uh, went to the left. Um, it felt like they were more of the wrong step that they needed to take. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, I was on mute. You couldn't have heard the reaction. You didn't hear the reaction, man, but I just had a genuine belly laugh to that one, dude. That was great. I really hate it. <laughs> oh, man, that was fucking funny. <laughs> Listeners of our show will be groaning uh, because of Leonard's continual bad jokes. Yes. No way. Yeah, we'll I'm continue here to for do it. it. <laughs> you can have him. Yeah. He's yours now. Yeah, Leonard, you want it? You want us to adopt you, man? Come on, come on over to my show. I'll laugh at your bad jokes all day. I love them. I'm definitely down. The only question is, uh, for MPC, my contract is I'm three fists. Can I be four fists? I'm not really sure what that means. Wow. But, uh, Contr- contract negotiations <laughs> on your own doing this. Wow. <laughs> no. Did you just make a slavery joke? Yes. All right. I just wanted to make sure I did understand yeah, it. Okay. Was, uh, wow. Wow, Leonard. That's why I was. <laughs> That's After why I was so quick to tweet <laughs> Wow, Katie, you sure you don't want to rethink that last sentence? Wait, what? <laughs> you, you, sure, you sure you don't want to rethink that last sentence? After all you've done for him? Come on. <laughs> After all he's done for you. Oh. That's another slavery joke. I guess it's not as funny. Anyway. Um, that was great, honestly. I loved it. I was here for everything. <laughs> Leonard, thank you. Um, so... With this moral arc in general, I feel like they started off really strong and they gave us a lot of like, I don't know, potential hints or potential like avenues to explore that us as fans just got genuinely excited about. But as it's drawn on, I think we're, I think this is the 19th chapter and we're recording this today on the 16th of June. So the new chapters drop on the 20th of each month. I bet you by the time these are edited and dropped uh, for our own respective podcast feeds, I bet you spoilers and, and leaked manga uh, scans will already be out and about, and people will already piece together chapter 61. Yeah, that's um, what Twitter's for. 
<laughs> it's the worst, man. It's the, the anime Twitter is the friggin' worst place in the world. Yes, that's why I I'm going to tell you best. <laughs> it can sometimes be the best, depending on what you're looking for. I was going to say, do any of us really avoid it? <laughs> I mean, no, I do my no, best. No, we do not. <laughs> I immerse myself into the anime Twitter where I've gone so deep where I can literally, I can't find a way out of it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm really deep um, into the Destiny Twitter, so I think I have a good shield. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So I thought that you just got anime Twitter famous, but all your big traction tweets are Destiny related. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. My, my claim to fame is being harassed with bad puns by a Bungie developer. So that's what I'm known for in the Destiny world. What's his problem? I want to know the story now. <laughs> he's he's one of the Bungie developers. He's also a good friend. He um, tags me in puns and bad jokes now and again. And it got to the point where, like, people that followed him started following me so they could tag me in things, too. And then it got to the point where he had to DM me and be like, okay, I'm going to lay off tagging you because a lot of people are tagging you. <laughs> it, was, it was the horrible snowball effect I've ever it seen on awful. Twitter. Like, and it, it, it was weird because there was a point where like every day for like a solid week, I would, I would open up Twitter to be tagged in like two or three posts. And I'm just like, you fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> But that's my claim to fame. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and saying well, things about penises while being recorded by a streamer. That's that's also a thing right. I've yeah. <laughs> been known for. It. So you you were a streamer? Wait. No, what? I'm not a streamer. I play with some streamers and people who do a lot of content creation, but I, I am not a streamer. Even though I you yell penis. I should be. What'd you say? Do you just do you, you just yell penis randomly throughout your streamer friends' games? No, Is that your like, thing? no, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, she does. Like, I'll drink, and when I drink, I say things. And there was one thing I said where I asked whose dick they were sucking to get good drops on items and armor and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, that was very funny. It's good stuff. We don't know I was being recorded. Streaming stuff. <laughs> Sounds uh. Being recorded. <laughs> I didn't know. I try to keep it clean if I'm if That's I know I'm being recorded. That sounds like a story that I've heard. Let me tell you the tale of Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two, R in Jesus. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. Thou shall not smite RN Jesus. RN Jesus is a horrible and fearful Lord. Where therefore, if you do not save your stuff on the cloud and you change a hard drive, you will lose everything that you love and hold dear close to you. Oof, indeed. To give you an example, one of the most difficult moves. To get in the game is called meditation. <laughs> it is what Jiren used in the Tournament of Power. Paul and Katie know this story, <laughs> but to sum it yeah. up for you, it took me literally a year to get that move again. And I would be so frustrated. And when I finally got it, I was at ease. Until the new DLC came out and another new move came out that was much better. And let's just say I have a personal hate boner for RNGesus. Hate boner. 
All right, that's good. Well, I like how when you got the move that you worked for for a year, you you said you were at ease. <laughs> what a way to describe how you felt after unlocking this one fucking move in this one dumb video game after a year. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was, I, I literally thought about it and I was just like, dang, I really spent a whole year doing that. But then again, you're looking at the guy who plays all the gacha games for Dragon Ball. Yes. So <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, you really get it. instead of you get it after a year, and instead of you saying to yourself, "Was it worth it?" I'm frustrated with how much time and resources that is poured into this. You're like, nope, fuck it, I'm at ease. I am complete now. <laughs> that was so great. Um, so yeah, the moral arc in general, I mean, we've still got a couple of more things to talk about over on the Dragon Ball Super Dope feed in terms of the last couple of chapters. But Yeah, I was actually just about to say, so Kyle, it is a pleasure to have you on the NPC podcast. And again, yeah, I cannot reiterate this and, and state this more strongly. If you are into Dragon Ball or if you are into good podcasts, Dragon Ball Super Dope is the podcast you need to be listening to. You need to be downloading two podcasts every single week. And that's the NPC podcast and the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. That's it. That's all you need in your life. You are complete. All you need, baby. Kyle, it is fantastic, and yes, this conversation will be continued over on the Dragon Ball Super Dope podcast. Which, uh, by the way, t- tell the folks when do they when do they drop? What do you guys normally do? What's what's the what's the what's the draw? Yeah, so uh, listeners of my show who tuned in for part one probably just chuckled again because my um, publishing schedule has been fairly irregular. So when the show launched, it was about doing Dragon Ball Super episodes week to week. So they were Sundays or Mondays. Not not really so much anymore. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Then we do My Hero Academia occasionally. Uh, then we do My Hero Academia occasionally uh, when those new seasons are airing. It, it's, I don't know. We try to do them at least once or twice a week. Um, but it's a hefty schedule. Only so, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, eight episodes a month can be hefty, but there are months where it feels like nothing just because there are so many things for us to cover that we normally talk about anyway. So months like this where there's not too much going on in terms of new content, it's less, but uh, yeah, just check it out. We've got, I think we're coming up on like 200 episodes. So there's tons of backlog stuff there for you guys to go check out for sure. That's fantastic. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. And as I say at the end of every NPC episode until next game, everybody until next Silver Tongue. Audio.